Hello and welcome back to Black Her Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're back to discuss the fourth episode in the first season of Silo entitled Truth written by Remy Abuchikan directed by David Samel. I felt a mixed bag about this episode. On one hand there's definitely some type of conspiracy going on between judicial and IT that is intriguing and I want to get more into. However, juxtaposed to that is some very unlikable characters. Julia is one of the hardest antagonists I've had to get attached to in a while. And I want to feel more empathy for her in her backstory. But in the current timeline, she's just, she's too much. She's a hammer. And that is really not what is needed for the task. She's using the wrong tool. I came in like a Every time Bernard is on screen, I visibly start like getting hives. Everything about his aura says, fuck that guy. And then Sims, he walks in with the attitude of, I've got the biggest dick in the room. Don't even consider for five seconds that I don't. When you see me, I'm here to give you the carrot or you can get the stick. If I walk out the door and you ain't taking the carrot, you getting the stick, which is cool, which is fine. Perfectly capable of accepting that reality of these are the components on the board. I just need someone to pop out of the equation that's likable. Walker feels as if she should be in a Star Wars DC television series than in a show that seems to revolve around a lot of dark concepts. And here we got pigtails at the age of 50. She looks amazing. Being the voice of wisdom. There's just a lot of a lot of different um, disproportionate, for me anyway, thus far, aspects of the show that I hope we get more of a cohesion with, more of a, a tone and a feel, because right now it's kind of sloppy. Before I do jump into the recap and review, wherever listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe if you want to send feedback, backercouch at gmail.com, or you can drop a comment. Stopping at the medical center, Juliet recalls an incident involving her brother Jacob having what looked like either an asthma attack or he drowned. I'm going to go with asthma attack because he was given oxygen and comes to, but clearly he died young at the age of 11. Jules is pulled out of her stupor to the scene of yet another recent death. Mayor Johns 
who was poisoned via the rat variety as Sam is familiar and he absolutely is gutted by what he believes was a death meant for him due to drinking from each other's water bottles. While I can see this being an initial thought, I suppose if you are someone who has a lot of guilt in your heart and knows that maybe karma hasn't caught up with you the way it should have, you would go down this rabbit hole of self-blame or this had to do with me instead of the saint of a woman I've clearly put on a pedestal that can't possibly have any enemies even though less than 48 hours ago she was making all kinds of based on her choice of mayor those enemies also including judicial he dragged Bernard for never walking the silo a day in his life since he doesn't know what the two water bottles are for because he prefers to keep in his IT cubbyhole. According to the pact, he is now pro tem mayor. Oh, hell no. I'm all fucking guilty. I will not be convinced otherwise until they prove it to me. He is clearly behind wanting the authority and power to work in tandem with judicial and it is all about their number one draft pick paul billings who must come with a platinum golden type of record in his past that they are willing to murder to get him into that position bernard introduces himself to jules whom finally uh sam recognized was in the room his response is what the fuck are you doing here he believes her to be incompetent and he ain't wrong to the task of solving a murder with sims and the mayor uh pro tent mayor anyway offering to get him the list of everyone he ever arrested in the mids but he is told to keep his investigation silent because we don't want to freak everybody out because they might find out she's dead how would they not find out she's dead I feel like that's the type of thing you can't keep on the DL. She's got an appointment. She's got a secretary. She's got meetings she had on her board for today. Someone's going to know something's up. Another flashback shows sometime later, both Juliet's mother and her brother have passed away. Once someone dies, their things are recycled for someone else to use. Seems on the surface a little insensitive, but honestly, hoarding things that other people can utilize is the selfless choice. Discount Dad seemed nice enough. And I wasn't really clear unless there's something I missed because they did skip over how Hannah, Jake looked like he was on the verge of death already. So him dying is not surprising. But what happened to the wife? This scene with Halston's previous secretary, Sandy, was very frustrating with Juliet when they met because it continues to make it hard for, for me to like this character. That woman said, here's the keys and reacted perfectly normal to some nobody showing up on a mission. She just met a second ago trying to take charge 
and then goes to the extent of reminding her that she's the boss and you will simply do what she says. Oh, I think that I found myself an annoying bitch. Please shut the fuck up. Oh, relax, dude. Take it easy, man. Cool your beans, bro. Are there no mirrors? Because Julia came in with a chip on her shoulder and arresting bitch face. Maybe you needed to do more to alleviate the awkwardness of the situation. I felt like Sandy was just doing her job. And even admitted so, like following instructions is the only thing that's keeping me. Oh, you're grieving for people. I don't give a fuck. I'm here to do what I came to do. You could have easily came in and said, you know what? I'm sorry for your losses. You've lost your mayor. You've recently lost your sheriff. I know this is an awkward situation for you. I would like to get some work done right away. If you could, please see if you can get me this particular file. Instead, you came in fixated on yourself. Why she stinks? I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to get to the bottom of clearly someone you loved passing away. But because you know what she and everyone else is feeling like, you would be a little bit more emotionally aware of the sensitivity of the situation and instead you pretty much went this entire episode with that's a your problem and I don't see why I should invest myself in it despite taking a badge that clearly meant that I would have to do more than the thing that I want to do then you took offense because she said well I stopped because you're like okay I'm hungry Okay, there's a cafeteria. Is there anything right now? She says the cafeteria opens at five. Is there anything right now? You're basically saying, go get me something to eat because I'm hungry. And she's going, hold on one second. I am not your personal slave. Especially when you care little for my person. And then you go treat me like that. Then she said, well, I did stock the fridge, but I'm not sure what you guys eat down there. And you took offense at that. Like, People from separate cultures, which is effectively what is this silo system, may be accustomed to different type of food. So we eat the same shit as you do. Okay, I didn't know that. Did you need to take offense? You took offense because you were already on the offensive. You haven't been sworn in. Settle the fuck down. Plus, the mayor is dead. Show some respect. Instead, she just continues to snoop. It's not like this is a three-story building, ma'am. You know Sandy's watching you do all of this invasive. It's like going through someone else's stuff and they ain't had a chance to clean out their shit yet. Yo man died six months ago. You've had a time to process what you have lost in your life allow these people the same courtesy another flashback she takes her deceased family members things to recycling where a kindly old black man offers to allow her to keep something which she does which is her brother's stuffed toy asking about the rest of her life story concluding that she shouldn't have to do this alone 
And while it's an empathetic, empathetic statement, this is my life. So can you keep that kind of commentary on the inside and just keep being nice, please? And thank you. You had good intentions, but some people, unfortunately, they do end up in positions where they are alone and having to take on more responsibility than others their age. It doesn't mean that they should be pitied. It's unfortunate, but those people also contribute in other ways or grow up in other ways that wouldn't be considered a negative. But that's just something that you wouldn't tell the kid. <laughs> you shouldn't have to do this alone so that she can go back at home and yell that very same thing at her father. She ends up burning an egg, fixing her mom's chair. Her dad comes home. He's not happy about, you know, almost setting the place on fire, getting caught up in your side project, which feels like a very fair parental response. He wasn't even yelling that loud. So she yells at him for his absentness. He tries to reach out to her about the unfairness of the situation, but she's grieving, which is understandable. This child actor, Jules, has more heart to her than the current version. She has more everything to her than the current version. I'm not saying I hate Jules. I think she's a good character. I love the actress. But right now, everything her character is doing is very frustrating. Is the dad simply avoiding having to spend time with his daughter or is the job really that demanding that he has to put in the amount of time that he puts in i don't feel like that question was answered but i do feel like by the end of the episode he's not to blame for her going off and living her own you know uh what do they call that when you uh separate from your parents oh man emancipation there you go. She emancipated herself. Bernard comes in to swear Nichols into office coming to Holston's former home. So the sheriff just automatically gets the pad. They have a confrontation about the heat tape with him likely considering appropriating the same as stealing no matter the need. With, oh, considering the circumstances, we should let bygones be bygones. for all the thing for all the criticism i'm giving to juliet's current decision making everything about bernard oozes just corporate corrupt slime ball and it is absolutely unappealing to watch him on screen <laughs> This person, this type of person who would be so fucking petty over some fucking tape, who clearly is in the background getting rid of her as he's telling her to her face, it's water under the bridge. Those type of people in the universe should just be buried under something and never allowed a spotlight in any position of power, especially because they are going to abuse it. Because they, there's something inside of themselves that is small and insecure 
and has to compensate. I didn't trust at all how smoothly he's transitioning into acceptance without even a hint of the rancor because he gives the impression of Petey Pablo. The everyone has their place and should stay in their place. It was underlined as well when she opted to fix her own maintenance issues instead of calling maintenance saying, oh, you don't want to make an enemy out of them because I would dare to be self-reliant. That gets me thinking of the immovable classism in the silo that was hinted at in this episode as well, which can cause stagnation, but also an authentarian. I can't say anything today. I'm really, 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 really high. Despite the apparent democratic system via the elections, but even they are vetted for percentage of success. So it feels as if it is a system that is ruled by few over the many, which makes me all types of suspicious about what exactly this rebellion was. And maybe it was a little bit more of a necessary thing than all out chaos. Like maybe they weren't the bad guys here. Juliet signs quickly off on the ceremonial papers and she has absolutely no intention to try to even learn about how to prepare a state funeral. I kind of feel, and maybe this is just me, even though this is the gateway for her finding the truth, clearly her and Holston made this certain arrangement, but I kind of think that Holston fucked up by picking someone who wouldn't simply look for justice for themselves, but would also care about justice for everyone else. And unless her interests are tied to it, we do not care. Sandy tells her she cannot locate the file on George Wilkins, but that Holston left her a file on her desk with a note about gloves in front of the mayor completely ignoring the walkie-talkie that is requesting her assistance going so far as to shut it off (laughs) and when sandy came in like did you not hear that radio call she's like oh i thought you were supposed to handle my job have you not heard of fake it to make it ma'am and that's kind of where i was going earlier with my thought process wouldn't it have been more effective to simply pass off or be like okay this Paul Billings everybody wanted him can I make a deal with him to continue investigating or being involved in the investigation of George Wilkins because this is what Holston wanted for me and then pursue it that way because she clearly should not be in the position of authority that she's in Sam is drunk and beating up a suspect she's like there's kids here what the fuck are the kids doing here you should be in school blame them for your public intoxication she takes him to the cafeteria to get sober with him knowing she and holston had words that led to her having his badge and he isn't barking up the wrong tree frankie the guy he was beaten up took the rodney king treatment There doesn't seem to be a complaint department for sheriff brutality. 
And there are some indications that this is not an uncommon thing, which is probably why, well, they were going to make him sheriff. Like, oh, I'm looking at his replacement. He's like, oh, no. Maybe he knew he wasn't worthy of that particular job. Julia does eventually come clean since they both have lost people. No one seems to care about solving their murders. And since him being a cop for 30 years can be useful and he knows bullshit when he hears it, the truth allows for an opening of mutual trust, at least to pursue the things that they want to. Sandy knows a bitch when she sees one saying that she doesn't like you. She's like, I can tell. Yeah, because you're unlikable. At this point, she's just given as good as she receives. They go to see Patrick, and I guess today is the day for violence. As he tells him his wife died a year ago, Patrick, that is, because of Sam framing her, apparently. But Sam replies that she was meant for the farm the minute she met him. What did he say? While he's got ice to his face, that's when Julia asks if there was some type of hard drive that was left with Holston's effects and he tells her to check recycling. I don't know why wouldn't why one wouldn't at least investigate what the noise was, especially if like earlier you're looking for more clues and there's one that's rattling and also very annoying. Sam reminds her truth in trying led to both Allison and Holston going out to clean. One would think that he would take note of the words applying them to his own actions with similar consequences, except uh, it's not voluntary death. It's murder. She tries. Well, I guess it's a second murder. So he went the way of his wife or his uh, boo thing. She tries to bring up the possibility that Jans was the actual target, but he once again gets angry when she compares her to a machine. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! See, tomorrow he would have been ready to listen to alternatives. But right now, he's still in self-despair. Realizing belatedly, which in my opinion was obvious that Sam loved Ruth, which is why Sims was like, uh, he just broke that chair in emotional pain. I'm gonna get you that list. Jules wonders if he needs de- a deputy outside due to his actions, but he says he'll be fine assuring her the shotgun is only for self-defense and not because he's suicidal. Sidebar, what happened to Gloria? I feel like we never followed up on that story arc flashback once again Jules forges a note to shadow and mechanical running away from home and since dad didn't seem to want her there anyway this was life it's on her first salvaging job shadowing that she meets Shirley currently she goes to recycling following up on the hard drive that may be with Holston's personal effects instead of the very evident place it is Since she is someone from the neighborhood making their way up, she's able to get the woman in charge to keep a lookout. Another flashback. Surprise, Dad did indeed care about his daughter running off, and so did Walker, who sent word up to him where she could be located. Juliet admits she's happier here than being with him, so he allows her to stay. And here I was giving him all the heat. 
I think it's very irresponsible, though, to allow a 13 year old to say, I'm no longer living under your roof. Yeah, no, you are until you're 18, at least 17. This can be a thing if you want it to be a thing during the day, but at night you bring your ass home. Okay, or or on the weekends. I don't know. I simply wouldn't have just said, well, I suppose this is your new stepmom without us having even a benefit of a sexual relationship. This is a stranger too. Like how well did he fucking know Walker? Instead of falling further into depression implied when he grabbed that shotgun still in a state of disarray, Sam makes himself a makeshift punching bag motivated by his new partnership when there's a knock on the door. It's Rob coming for you. Rob comes in and just invites himself into the man's fridge to get a beer, asking how he got his nose busted. Sam is still stuck on Patrick Kennedy due to his felonies and smuggling in relics. Not to mention his deceased wife, Doris, used to threaten him and meant it. He points out that information was missing from the list he was given, that she was deceased, meaning they aren't trying to really help him find who killed Mayor Johns. They're just trying to steer him in a direction that he will and has thus far fallen trap into blaming He's also pointed out to be a bit of a loose cannon inviting payback due to his own past sheriff brutality and who knows what else because he was accused of of uh, planting evidence. Maybe he really because he seems to work a lot with judicial too. He's on he's on the fence of things like he's not in their pocket, but he's certainly he certainly bats more for their team than not. You want to lose something forever, give it to data management. IT does happen to be the connective threads that we're seeing here. We've not yet seen anything from Judicial, but something tells me that Bernard is far more insidiously involved than he lets on. And maybe those branches go off further into judicial, but it definitely leads back to IT. Once again, Rob brings up how much people dislike him, meaning that he's an obvious target for retribution or elimination, elimination as he's the only person determined and capable enough to get to the truth, being as tenured at the job versus Juliet. He tells him good news. The paperwork has already been drafted and simply needs his signature to replace Juliet with Paul Billings, which seems to be everyone's number one draft pick. Never mind that Juliet was already sworn in like, oh, thanks for coming. We don't need you. Sam says it would be better to allow Holston's pick to fell on her own. He says I owe him that. And he clearly already is considering that deal. I wonder if this place is bugged. Very coincidental he showed up right after he's presented an offer from Juliet to work together. And then he starts getting into his Rocky mode. Like, all right, we about to get it. And a man that's on a mission like Juliet is on a mission to find out what happened to someone they truly loved. 
is a pain in the side of whatever the narrative is they want to put forth. And he points out that sending her back down angry could rile up mechanical. And I kind of feel as if that is something to be considered, right? Because you do have those people that are like, oh, wow, finally someone from the lower part of society gets a chance to advance themselves. And then you completely, once those people that supported her are gone, replace her. I would think that would cause a little bit of a murmur but I don't think they care. Rob reminds us, so I go back to that authoritarian state. Rob reminds him Meadows isn't happy when she doesn't get her way and tells him he doesn't work. He replies, he doesn't work for the queen bee of judicial, but we all work for the good of the silo. And I'm like, do we? What is the good of the silo? Uh, that's, Feels like it has a different definition for who you ask. Jules meets the guy she saw earlier, Lucas, staring outside. That's the doctor from Walking Dead that Carl saved. I don't remember his name. He is yummy looking. She is surprised that he is aware of her name being associated with the play, even though she doesn't seem to know much about Romeo and Juliet, because she's like, oh, I don't know anything. about. I just know it's from a play. A tragic love story seems appropriate, which actually that feels like it's a theme of the show thus far, which was written by the rebel William Shakespeare. He wonders if alluding to the past could get him arrested. I love that Shakespeare is considered a rebel. But she isn't even putting half an effort into giving a shit about what is and what is not in the legal playbook. So she just says your minute's up and I'm out. It's actually rather distasteful in a protagonist to be so willfully (laughs) ignorant. Never mind the small smiles at chocolate babies. I couldn't figure out what Lucas was doing there all that time, except there were stars. And I can see someone finding it fascinating to study the stars and what does that mean her meaning someone that has a bit of a certain knowledge of the outside even if they can't go outside sam is back in a single state of mind I'm not going to give Sam any any flack about his response. He just lost the love of his life that he waited 40 years for them to even acknowledge and express their feelings toward each other. Inebriation is really the only course of action if you can't go around and find more suspects to beat up. He once again feels suicidal recalling the last conversation that they had. But over here's the conversation between Walker and Jules. And I'm like, ain't she not supposed to have that radio? And how is law enforcement allowed to listen in? And y'all ain't been busted yet. Talking about him as a possible ally. You're not alone. You have hope. There is hope that we will get down to the bottom of what has happened to the people that we love. That's the inspiration, it seems, to find the truth. So he goes walking away whistling. 
Walker did report she has progress as well. That requires her insight regarding that camera. Finally, Jules thinks to investigate the sound coming from her vent like any rational person would do. And that's where she finds George's file as as well as the hard drive or was it just the file? The episode ends with Sam getting back to his apartment and is attacked. He loses the physical fight, ending up with a shotgun pointed at him. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. So you know what starts a conspiracy? Doing shit that's suspicious as all hell. You can't just keep dropping people like flies. I mean, it's death all over the place. You think really all these people? Well, I suppose it happens in the world, right? And we don't, we don't make no connections. That's fair enough assessment. But the people that's in charge, definitely. But I, I guess if it's, they're all colluding in the same collaboration to, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm the only person on the sidelines seeing this unfold going, what the fuck? And also, I guess we're not going to have any characters in this show to follow to any (laughs) emotional conclusion, with possibly the exception of Juliet, who I don't even know has earned any (laughs) emotional conclusion. Well, I suppose Holston did get his and Allison did get his, but I mean, not conclusion as much as justice. There we go. Uh, I gave this episode an 8 out of 10. It wasn't bad. It's just I wish that I felt any affection for the people other than the ones that are already dead. If you want to send feedback for the next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Hustle, 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 hustle